0: Our scripture reading this morning is very short. Psalm 133. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard on the head of Aaron, running down over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord ordained his blessing, life evermore. May God grant us understanding of these words today. So, in my, in my life, in my growing up years, celebrating Independence Day, Was a big deal. It really was. We always went to the local parade. We cheered as the bands and the floats went by. The whole crowd would salute as the flags went by. And the Rosarians here in Portland would wear their white suits and hats and and there was that thing. There was that that feeling. Afterward, growing up, we would go and have a family picnic. It was a huge thing with like fried chicken and potato salad and, and all, all the things. You know, several desserts and, and lots of sun. Water balloon fights would always be part of the day. Although, you know, we always got in trouble because we ended up getting the adults wet as well. But it was a day of celebration generational gathering and storytelling, good, good, solid memories. And I hold those at the same time. I have to tell you this. I have a confession to make. And that is I, fi- I find it difficult to figure out what to preach on or around the 4th of July. And I, I, I struggle with that. I'm uncomfortable and unwilling to make it about celebrating patriotism or the like. It doesn't fit with how I see God and the church functioning in the world. It has an important place. Yes, it does, but I'm not sure it's here. This year is more complicated than most years. I have to tell you a little experience that I had when I was attending classes in Tulsa for my demon I would always on the Sundays that were I was there I would always find a church to attend um, and it would be a different one I might go to two different ones if I was there for two weeks and and sometimes I was invited by friends to attend their church and sometimes it was just kind of this random thing okay here's the list close my eyes and point and that was like, I kind of had a lot of interesting experiences doing that. You know, whether the church was an African American church or a Native American church or, you know, whatever, it was always an interesting thing. Well, one year it just coincided with the 4th of July that I was there. I think, I think I actually traveled home like on the 4th. But I was in church on like the 3rd of July But I decided to go to this particular church because there was a clergy couple that I really liked. I was in the DMIN program with the man of the couple, and they they, uh, pastored this old, large church in the Tulsa area. And so I decided I would go there. One of the things that you need to know about those visitings that I did is that when I would visit the pastor churches. I would ask the pastors what they wanted me to pray for for the next 30 days. And I would coven, covenant to pray for them for 30 days on whatever they asked me to do. And so, you know, it was, it was just part of, I figured if I wasn't in the pulpit, I could support someone who wants. And so I went to this church and the first service in the morning was a real traditional church. We're talking choir and loud organ and and all of those things. And so um, my friend did a brilliant sermon, and I really had a a good time there in that time, but it's not really where my heart is. You have to understand, I'm not that formal. And so I'm sitting there, and this woman who was sitting behind me, who must have been 80-something, if a day, um, dressed to the nines, asked me if I wanted to go to Sunday school class with her that they were having a special Sunday school class. And and that I could do that if I wanted to go to the contemporary service that happened after Sunday school. So I thought, you know, I can make a day of it. And so I went into this class and I realized it was really formal. There were flags. Uh, very formal. And, you know, it's summer in Tulsa and I'm dressed kind of like I am today, and I thought, okay, I can do this. I knew I was in trouble when the Sunday School started with the Pledge of Allegiance. And at the same time, I realized I was the youngest person in the room. And I was really struggling there because of all the patriotic songs and, and, all the, and the, the message was way away from where I am theologically. So I thought, it would be really rude if I get up and walk out. I can't do this. So I began to watch the people in the room. What I saw was a World War II veteran who spoke of his experience with tears going down his face. What I saw was a nurse who served in one of the wars and had tears running down her face. And I began to realize that the story that they were living was different than the story I was living. And I had the utmost respect for those for whom that was important because it wasn't my place to change them. It was my place to appreciate respect and love them. So I found through the years that I can do that. Now, I'm not anti-American. I'm not anti any of that. Patriotic. I'm not. I just think that our world is different than it used to be. Our lives are different than they used to be. More open, more big, I believe that. So I appreciate them. But here we are on July 3rd, 2022. And after everything that's happened the last few weeks, I find myself wondering what to say at a time of great division. Being in the midst of a sermon series about being neighborly, and at the same time feeling my heart clench when I see things, when I hear things. On the way home yesterday from the grocery store, there was a big old truck with a a flag in the back of it that was tattered and dirty and they were going down the street and there was some sign in the window and my heart clenched and broke because I think I think that those people in that room in Tulsa would be horrified to see that because for them it is a place of pride I don't see any pride in a broken down flag So as I come to this place where we're talking about loving neighbor, and and at the same time I'm listening to my daughter and her friends who are worried and afraid about who will be next. I kind of I'm here in this place where I'm not sure what to say. I'm not sure what to say. But I do know this. I know that the Spirit can use whatever, whenever, however we speak. If we let the Spirit do that. So I'm going to ask the Spirit to come in this place today. Oh, Spirit of God, Wisdom and life. Transform our words and our thoughts. Transform our very hearts in ways that you wish that to happen. Be with us in our worship time today. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be, heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. So I chose Psalm 133 weeks ago. And as it so often happens, it's really appropriate for the here and for the now. Psalm 133 begins this way, how good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. Here's a couple of notes before we jump in with both feet. Kindred is sometimes translated brothers or brethren. It's important to note that in Hebrew, words have gender, but it's not how we see gender. So although it is a masculine plural noun in Hebrew, it would not necessarily mean men. Instead, it would probably means something like those called by God or those who align themselves with God. So I think that kindred is a better noun, a better term. And then we come to the word that's translated unity, which is something like more over together or more together or being together together. So unity fits if we are not thinking of unity as uniformity. Unity means a state of being one or oneness. A whole or totality as combining all its parts into one. The state of being united or combined into one as if parts of a whole. Unification, oneness of mind, feeling, Etc., as among a number of persons, words like in concord, in harmony, or in agreement, unity. So then, uniformity is having always the same form, not varying or variable, consistent in conduct or opinion. Of the same form with others, conforming to one rule or one mode, presenting an unvaried appearance on surface, pattern, or color, it denotes sameness. So I want to make sure that we all understand that we're talking unity here and not uniformity. I think we do each other a disservice if we are expecting uniformity in church and culture. Psalm 133 is called a song of ascent, a song for going up to a high place. For the Jewish people in ancient times, that high place was the temple in the city of Jerusalem. Quite literally, one goes up to Jerusalem. The city crowns the hill and its temple stood on the mount. In its exalted place, the highest act was to worship God there. The Jewish people sang Psalm 133 to express their joy in coming together for worship at the temple where God promised to meet them. The psalm imparts blessing and life to God's people, and it proclaims a oneness in faith. So the themes within this psalm are abundance and unity and they flow out of this psalm and I want you to kind of picture in your mind what it would have looked like to be in that place to go up that hill singing how good and pleasant it is can you see it you get goosebumps In our times of conflict and economic distress, Psalm 133 is like water on a parched ground. People who are divided and estranged from one another need God's call to live together in unity. For them, this psalm offers hope and a promise of kinship in Christ. A hopeful message for people suffering, scarcity, and everything from food and housing to justice love. The message is this, God loves us abundantly and holds nothing back from us. So then, as we kind of dig a little deeper into this idea, what is true unity? How would you define that? My Be important for us before we settle on what that might look like to look at what true unity is not. True unity does not come by believing everything the same. True unity is not by having the same traditions. True unity doesn't come by having the same preferences or by speaking the same language or having the same skin color, or being from the same people, or being even from the same denomination, or even by doing the same ministry. You can have one or more of those things in common, but still not be unified. Be not be united. Oh, we might have some kind of unity, but it doesn't last very long. Likewise, you can have uniformity and not unity. Unity accepts how we are, warts and all. In the words of the psalmist, we're reminded of the joy of living lives which are found at peace with one another, the joy of sharing generously, each other's existence as we are created to do and to be. It is the joy and peace which God longs for us in our relationships with one another. Jesus came to unite. He came and lived and died and rose again that we might have peace with one another, that we might be united with one another with all of our differences and our diversity. I don't have to be like you and you don't have to be like me for us to have unity. Often within the life of a congregation there are deep and abiding and supportive relationships. I've seen it here. There are friendships lasted years in which reveal real care and concern for each other. And in life of congregations, sometimes we disagree. And unity can happen even if we disagree or see things more differently than others. Unity happens because the shalom of God is part of our shared existence. God's peace is about mercy shown to us in Jesus, and the reconciliation that has been won through him. It does not require uniformity to experience shalom. It doesn't. It was these things that kept the people in the early church and inspired them to share the good news. God's peace had been declared and a new hope and a new future. You know, we hear those stories about in the early church how they shared everything. And they told stories and many joined their ranks. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and one soul and no one claimed property or ownership of any possession, But everything they owned was held in common. Now I I think that that um, That would be difficult in our world today to share everything, although I know communities that do that. However, what I'd really like us to think about is that one heart and one mind. What if the thing that we held in our heart was that shalom peace? What if the thing we held in our mind was that shalom peace? In other words, God's grace and mercy which is embodied in peace, was that thing that held us together. Not being the same. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the same as anyone else. I want to be me. And I don't want you to be the same as everyone else. I want you to be you. Whatever that is, whatever Creator calls you to be, And I want us to live in peace. I want us to have that unity, not that uniformity. A lot in that one little verse, isn't there? So then we come to the part where it's talking about the oil on Aaron's head. you probably know that the Aaron that they're talking about is Moses' brother, who was of the priestly line. And the way that they anointed their priests was to put oil on their head. And that would have been enough to just be anointed on the head. But did you notice in this, it's not just oil anointed on the head. It flows down, the whole face goes into the beard. We're talking abundance here. This is a beautiful metaphor of what life in unity can look like. Life where we share together with our differences, working toward peace, sharing with our neighbors, is like that picture of the oil going on Aaron's head flowing down his face into his beard. Abundance, flowing without limits. And then it talks about the dew on Mount Hermon. This was a huge mountain, noted for its snow and ice. Its dew supplies several valleys, normally dry, with much-needed water. And it's talking about it flowing again in abundance. Oil on the head, dew from the mountain, bringing life and life to the people. Now, if we apply both of those images back to verse 1, it's easier to understand what the psalmist means by good and pleasant. Just as the dew falling on the mountain brings life to all the land. A blessing from the Lord, so anointing of his priest, is a blessing for the people when we live in unity. It's beautiful. So my friends, kind of here is the bottom line. Uniformity, expecting others to live in a box of our own making, limits the good we can do together. Unity, on the other hand, represents our differences, binds us together in love, which are. With our eyes on Christ, respecting the many ways we are different, facing a broken world with love as our guide, this shared saloon makes us unstoppable if only we open our hearts and our eyes to see others in this backdrop. If we dare to live as if everyone is our neighbor, as if there is enough love to go around, as if we have the power, with God's help, to heal our broken world, we become the change agents that this world needs to heal and to thrive. Not superheroes, but ordinary people willing to head out into the world carrying our trust in jesus and a vision for a different kind of world may it be so may it be so amen